You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Oh, wait, let me get up a minute. One second. Yeah, like, uh, I listen to Nicole Sandler. There's a time for the Nicole Sandler show. And, uh, oh, I forgot to turn the computer oh, on. Oh, come on, man. Let me just walk over here. Come on, man. I'll boot up my computer because... I don't want... Oh, crap. Just, <laughs> never mind. It's okay. I got another one. Mm-hmm. Leave it there. The cat will get it. <laughs> got a little tune here. A little song to sing for you. Yeah. That Nicole, she does something. She's really there. Mm-hmm. And does things. Yeah. The Nicole Sandler Show. That's whatever. what it feels like right now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I got a little song for you. Take it away. Lauren Mayer. Hit it. Each candidate for the nomination has to pass the plate without limitation to chase the money. money. GOP nominee For Trump They gush Seems no way to foil it So the rest Will flush All that dough down the toilet A waste of money Money. They won't be The nominee This monetary collision Cause of one bad SCOTUS decision Let's big schmucks With big bucks Keep on whizzing Oh, there's so many more causes worth advancing That we just can't afford Because all this financing is wasting money Money, money and let's billionaires run the show. But don't despair. We can make things be more fair. Oh, we 
can learn how best to fight it. We gotta overturn Citizens United. Stop wasting money. Money, money, money. Time for a rejection of money running elections. Then we'll restore democracy. Don't stop the video just yet. It's on with a very quick reminder that these videos don't produce themselves, but you can help me by joining my Patreon, where for as little as two dollars a month, you can help me continue to make the videos that help you laugh the news and would otherwise make you cry. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Lauren Mayer. Oh, yeah. That was that was pretty awesome. And I got to tell you, while that was playing, I see listener Tamara in the chat room says, uh, Nicole Sandler, did you hear Governor Newsom in California just gave SAG-AFTRA WGA employment checks, unemployment checks, unemployment benefits. And now the studios want to come back to the table. Well, perfect timing. Because in just a little while, we're going to be joined again by my old friend, David Jolliffe, who just won re-election. In the midst of all this striking stuff, SAG-AFTRA just had their uh, elections. So just crazy times over there. Um, And I know Dave is really busy, but he will join us in a few minutes because I told him, look, this is my last show out of my studio in Florida. After today, I pack things up. And we moved to Arizona and I won't be doing a live show for probably three weeks, maybe more. Um, And he's like, "Okay, I'm busy, but yes, I will come on. So I just told him pop in the Zoom anytime between 2.15 and 2.45 Pacific time. So whenever whenever is convenient for you. So whatever I'm doing at some point, I will just sort of um, uh, change gears unless I'm talking about the strikes. In which case, we'll just keep going. Anyway, David Jolliffe will be joining us again. And and for those of you who's like, I know Nicole had him on before. Remember, it was back in July, shortly after the strike was called. Dave Jolliffe was here. He was joined by his friends, Francis Fisher and Sean Astin, who are both big, major movie stars, right? And... um but Dave Jolliffe was a TV star. <laughs> I remember him from when I was a little kid. He was Bernie, the guy with the big red fro on room 222, which, um, I, you know, I, I remember it as a child. It was very, a very uh, ahead of its time television show. Anyway, we'll get to all that. It is, as I said, <laughs> my last day in the studio, the pod uh, container is out in our driveway. They delivered it today, although it's about to storm. That's why I don't look dark because it's not bright sunshine coming in through the window um, because it's about to storm. So uh, we'll be loading it up over the weekend and taking off sometime in the next week. Um, so, uh, and again, as I told you, I'm going to attempt to do some live broadcasts from this AMP app through Amazon uh, while we're on the road, maybe even some live streaming on the YouTubes. Um, I will put, I will put up like a, a an information post at NicoleSandler.com. It'll be the, the most recent post before we hit the road. That'll give you all of the places where you can listen. Now, a, a couple of house clean housekeeping tips here. I am going to Monday's show will is a, is a, a hybrid of sorts. It starts with a brand new interview that you have not heard and one that I'm really thrilled with. Um, Heather Cox Richardson, who is 
um, uh, she's a historian. She writes letters from an American. It, it's it's like the the top Substack newsletter, and it's free. You can get it at heathercoxrichardson.substack.com. And I've been a fan of hers for a while now. Well, her book, her her new book, will be in stores a week from Tuesday, the twenty sixth. So I pro- we taped it like last week, and I promised them I would hold on to it till closer to publication date. But now that you know, I'm leaving. It'll be the first thing that runs in the pre-recorded shows. So maybe it'll get you in the habit of listening every day while I'm not here. Um, I promise you it's really good. And I follow that with an interview that I did with Reverend Dr. William Barber, <clears throat> excuse me, at Netroots Nation um, 10 years ago. So two two people of whom I with uh, I have so much respect for. Um, so that's how we're going to kick off these probably three weeks worth of pre-recorded shows. And I promise you, it's not your... T- I, see, I could have made it easier on myself. I could have just pulled the last three weeks of shows that I did here and had them repeat. Isn't that what most of the other hosts do when they go away? But I'm a masochist. I couldn't do that. I thought if I'm going to run something that's called a best of... It better damn well be a best of. So I've got two weeks done and in the can, as they say. I just have one more week to put together. And in that third week, um, you know, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, Errol is asking me, are you returning back to YouTube on October 2nd or 9th? How do I know? (laughs) I have no idea it probably won't be October 2nd I can tell you that it won't be until I'm in a house again I will update this information blog post at NicoleSandler.com if you go to here in fact I'll show you what I can do here I'm going to pull up my website and for those of you actually on YouTube or, or watching one of the video streams you'll be able to see it if I can get the mouse to behave. Okay, here we go. Um, so I, uh, I'll pull up my website. If you haven't been to the website, you know, there's tons of content there. So uh, when you go to NicoleSandler.com, sorry, those of you who are listening to audio, um, but I'll, I'll try to say it so you'll um, understand my, uh, my instructions here. So you go to NicoleSandler.com and you see this purple site, right? And right here, or, uh, right under the little the little logo at the top, there's a, a a menu pulled, and some of them are pulled down. So there's home, which makes sense. Now, if you scroll down on the home page, you have a place where you can support our sponsors. Right below that, it says recent shows. So here we have yesterday show posted, Wednesday show posted, Tuesday show posted. You see how it goes? So the last I think six shows show up there, and then you can you know click for more to go to page two and three. This most recent show will actually not be a show, but it'll be all the information you need about where you can get the show while I'm out and um, any updates of where I'm streaming live, if I'm going to do a YouTube live stream or anything like that. By the way, my YouTube channel is simply youtube.com slash at Nicole Sandler. All one word. They made it easy. Did something easy. Go figure. So, all that information will be there. Um, and, you know, you can still follow me on the shitter. That's the X iter shitter. Um, or I'm on Blue Sky at Nicole Sandler. I'm on Mastodon 
at Nicole Sandler at mstdn.social. Uh, what else am I on? I'm on threads at Nicole Sandler show. I'll put all that on that information post that it may not be up till next week at some point, but it'll be there. All right. So um, one last thing for the YouTubers specifically, I, Monday will, um, uh, uh, Monday uh, will be this new show and it'll stream. It's already set to premiere on YouTube Monday afternoon at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific, when the show usually runs. After that, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. What I may just do is set up for some future show to come back on live. And what that will do is allow you to come into the chat room and chat. But what what I'll put up on the screen is where you can listen to the show at progressivevoices.com live in our usual air slot. Um, while you guys chat in the YouTube chat room. There is a chat room on the Listen Live page at NicoleSandler.com, but it's kind of foobar and it's hard to register for a new account. So I'm not going to make you go over there and then not be able to chat. So anyway, you can, uh, you, you, I hope you'll be able to chat in the, in the YouTube uh, uh, chat room. Again, my calendar, my grid of shows that are going to air while I'm out um, is, is taking hold. It's looking good. As soon as it's complete... I will, um, I will post it on that blog post as well. Uh, somebody asked, Nicole, I can, uh, Charlene, I can't remember his name, but that speech coach who died from pancreatic cancer, can you replay some of his episodes? You know what? I will try to get at least one. Joel Silberman was his name, uh, and I adored Joe Silberman, uh, Joel Silberman. And maybe it might be I need something to fill in um, extra time on, on one of them. And that, that may be it. So I will try to get a segment with Joel Silberman in there because of course, yeah. So let me make a note of that. Let's try to put a Joel segment in. All right. Um, somebody asked for, uh, for Tom Petty. I will do that. Um, question for you. I got one more slot for a music interview. Would you rather hear and I'm, I'm asking the chat room, but you listeners who are uh, listening on Progressive Voices or AirProgressive.org or Netroots Radio, I know we're on a number of different stations. Um, and some of you who just listen to the podcast, in that third week, I will play one of my two all-time favorite artist, music artist interviews. So here are your choices. One is Jackson Brown. First time I ever got to interview him. And, you know, uh, he he was one of my favorites growing up. Late for the Sky is still one of my all-time favorite albums. It was an honor. He came into my studio, sat with me for probably 40, 45 minutes, played piano, played guitar, performed. It was awesome. There's that. The other high point of my music interviews uh, is Steely Dan. I got to, int- I got, I was living in L.A., they had just recorded the album Two Against Nature, which was their first studio album in like 20 years. And they won the best album Grammy for it. And I, they flew me, uh, the, 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 um, the production company flew me to New York. I got to go to um, uh, River Sound Studios where they recorded the album and interview Walter Becker and Donald Fagan. And oh my God, it was... It pinch me like I so it I did I I hosted 
the world radio album premiere broadcast. So um, I've got those two. And um, knowing me, I'll probably wind up playing both of them. But if you have a choice, which one would you rather have? No, I never interviewed Alan Parsons. And um, Alan Jackson is just not my, you know, that's not in my ballpark. Um, So you let me know between Jackson Brown and Steely Dan. And both is like an acceptable answer as well. Okay, so that's what uh, I need your input on. Um, all right, going forward, yeah, I mean, there it's a tough choice. And both of them <laughs> uh, uh, were great interviews. I mean, so anyway, I'll leave that up to you and then I'll probably wind up doing both. Um, Lauren says, love them both. Whichever you choose to broadcast is good with me. All right, so, but here's the thing. I can play them on the stream, on the live stream, but they cannot go out over um, YouTube. So again, I'll have um, a, like a card up there. I'll have something so that you guys can, you know, chat, but you're going to have to go listen to the audio stream from Progressive Voices. Um, oh, good idea. William Allen says in the chat room, Nicole, shouldn't we vote with our dollars? <laughs> you said it, I didn't. You know, I hate asking for money. But this move, have you tried moving across country lately? It is damn expensive. So, um, yes, uh, if you want to send along a donation with your request, I'll, I'll weight your vote heavier. How about that? Uh, Nevitz forever. No, I never interviewed Richard Ashcroft, the verve. Never did. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I uh, don't have don't have that one either. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of artists, but there, you know, there's even more that I haven't. God, my hair is frizzy. It's so humid here. It's so nasty. I can't wait to, I can't wait to get into the um, desert air. Okay, let's um, let's get moving. There's stuff going on again. David Jolliffe will join us at some point. In fact, you know what? I'm going to play for you um, right now. Let, let's talk news. United Auto Workers on strike, like the biggest strike, I, I, I mean, never before, I think, have all of the three major um, auto brands been struck at the same time. This is the year of the strike, isn't it? So, um, well, first, let me share this with you because this is astounding. So the uh, CNN went out and first they spoke to a guy whose name I don't have. He is the the president of the Toledo, Ohio local of the United Auto Workers. And uh, they're talking about the strike. Listen to this. I think this strike is necessary based on your experience and the experience of your members here in Toledo. Well, one one thing that drives us crazy is we went through bankruptcy with Barack Obama back in 2008. That's 2000, right. We remember in, that. In the beginning of 2009. And we were asked, we were told by the president we had to give up huge concessions for them to get the government support to turn their companies around. We did that. And we haven't been, it hasn't been reversed. Back in 2000, when we came out of bankruptcy, our starting pay at Jeep was $15.78. Yeah. 14 years later, it's $15.78. No way. There's something wrong with that. Well, Bruce, we thank you for letting us in to your union headquarters today. Again, Brianna, thousands of these auto workers, 5,800 who are part of this uh, Toledo local union are coming. Okay, so, uh, sorry, I cut it off in mid-word, but um, so you heard... 
so the big, you know, thing that that Obama negotiated was a great deal, but that was a lot of years ago. The starting wage of $15 hasn't gone up since then. And then CNN went to talk with the chief of GM, Mary Barra, who makes a reported annual salary. I'm saying it slowly because it's unbelievable of $30 million dollars. We understand the world has changed, and that's why we put a historic offer on the table with the oh, increases. I think our manufacturing team is, is the best on the field. The way they managed through the COVID situation and continue to build cars, trucks, and crossover, the way that we managed and they uh, you know, moved with us as we went through the semiconductor shortage and still the supply challenges that we see today, they're very resilient. And I, you know, I want to recognize them because our manufacturing team, along with the engineering team, for the last two years has been uh, number one in J.D. Power quality. So we have a very talented team. Uh, we've put a historic offer on the table. And so that's why I'm so disappointed Not historic enough. The union is demanding, asking for a 40% wage increase over four years. They're asking for that in part because they say CEOs like yourself, uh, leading the big three, are making those kind of pay increases over the course of the last four years. You've seen a 34% pay increase in your salary. You make almost $30 million. Why should your workers million not dollars. get the same type of pay increases that you're getting leading the company? Well, if you look at uh, compensation, my compensation, 92% of it is based on performance of the company. I think one of the strong aspects of the way our compensation for our represented employees is designed is not only do, are we putting a 20% increase on the table, we have profit sharing. So when the company does well, everyone does well. And for the last several years, that's resulted in record profit sharing for our represented employees. And I think you have to look at the whole uh, compensation package, not only 20% increase in gross wage, but also uh, the profit sharing aspect of it, world-class health care, and there's several other features. So we think we have a very competitive offer on the table, and that's why we want to get back there and get this done. $30 million. I don't care how good you are at your job. Nobody, let me say that again, nobody earns $30 million a year. That is simply obscene. If she slashed her, her salary by half, by half, she could probably let every one of the GM workers have a, a reasonable raise and a livable salary and maybe a couple of extra bucks to you know do something nice with. And she wouldn't skip a beat. $30 million a year is obscene. Nobody, I'll say it again, nobody should be taking home that kind of money. Uh, It's, it's, and you know, look over the years, executive salaries, executive compensation has risen to exponential levels. I mean, just obscene levels while workers are still getting the same bullshit minimum wage nonsense are struggling to get by. The the inequities, and I said this, and as you listen to the interviews over the next few weeks, I've heard it from over the last 15 years, and we do span all those years in these interviews that I'm going to play for you. Um, I remember at one point saying, you know, when it, when it, when if the the, the country finally comes to blows, what it's going to be is not left versus right, but the, the haves versus the have nots. And I wasn't too far off, except 
you know, I, I didn't take Trump into the occasion, into the equation. I didn't figure on, on him and I didn't figure on the hatred and bigotry and, and racism and, um, just awful part of the, the horrible element of the American population. Uh, didn't, but, ugh. um, Anyway, so there's that. Uh, let's see, what else? There's more strike stuff, but I kind of want to wait until Dave Jolliffe gets here before I, um, I go into that. Uh, what, there's other stuff going on. Oh, while we're talking about striking, let me do this. So to nobody's surprise, Bill Maher decides he's bringing his show back. Who needs those stinking writers? Unbelievable. I can't wait to ask Dave Jolliffe about that one um, because, wow, um, I, 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 I want to know. Um, uh, all right, just got to, uh, he said, I'll be there in a few minutes. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I'll just keep looking over there. He's busy. So just a, a couple of minutes ago, he wrote he'll be here in a few minutes. So, um, uh, so, so Bill Maher, I get it. Now, there's somebody else who brought her show back even before Bill Maher did, and that's Drew Barrymore. And I'm a little surprised. And now, apparently, Drew um, is facing some backlash. I believe there's nothing I can do or say in this moment to make it okay. Uh-oh. I wanted to own a decision so that it wasn't a PR-protected situation. Yeah. And I would just take full responsibility for my actions. Okay. And? I know there's just nothing I can do that will make this okay for those it is not okay with. No, because you're breaking a strike. I fully understand that. There are so many reasons why this is so complex. And I just want everyone to know my intentions have never been in a place to upset or hurt anyone. Okay. It's not who I am. Right. So she didn't want to hurt anybody, but she's got to know if there's a strike. And this is one of them. Okay. So that's a little bit of Drew Barrymore crying. But the thing is, I watched this video. I didn't watch the whole thing. Obviously, I watched an edited version of it. But she said, I will not... um, what, what's the word she used? I will not, um, we aren't going to break rules and we will be in compliance. What does that mean exactly? She's still doing her show. She's obviously breaking the rules. So um, I see uh, I see. Dave Jolliffe has entered the- uh, It's hard. Oh, oh stop, Drew, quiet. We've had enough of that. Uh, before I bring Dave Jolliffe on though, I want to play for you something that happened two days ago. Um, because, you know, they may be striking. It doesn't mean they're not working. Um, and I'm guessing, and we'll find out when he, when we go to him, um, striking is probably just as hard, uh, in some cases, probably harder than the actual work. But here's a little bit of what happened two days ago in Los Angeles. Fair pay. Yesterday. And there he is. the man who has an encyclopedia mind of all our contracts. <laughs> hey guys! Come here, we made it. I want to start by saying thank you to all of the members. 
WGA and also our SAG-AFTRA members who show up every day in the heat and march and walk. They hear you and they know you're out here. I want to thank all the volunteers and staff. It isn't easy being out here in the heat of the sun day after day, but you guys are the guys that keep this thing going, so thank you to you. In June, not that long ago, in June, we asked all of you if it was needed, would you vote to allow us to go on strike? Would you be willing to strike? 97.91% of you, us, voted yes. That 97.91% has now matured into this. 100% unified, unbreakable leadership and workforce. 100% unified and unbreakable leadership uh, and negotiating committee. 100% unified negotiating committee and board. And you guys have been absolutely phenomenal at 100% being unified and showing the people behind those gates that we're not playing around anymore. It isn't complicated. Let me go through some of the points. We need a scale wage that keeps up with inflation, right? We need protections against artificial intelligence taking over our art form and protecting the work that we create. We need a streaming residual structure that fairly compensates us for the reuse of our work. That's creative work that makes those companies billions of dollars that we invent and we create. That's a sellable product every time we perform. We need to have reasonable guidelines that when we self-tape ourselves, no more should the burden be a 12-page memorized first audition. No more should it be up to us to go find our scene partner. No more should we be putting in hours of putting a self-tape together only to know that we submitted on a job that was already cast. And we should be able to interact with those we are auditioning for. We need nudity and sexual scene protections that truly protect us. We need our stunt performers to be truly a part of our residuals formula. We need our background performers to be treated with respect and dignity while being adequately and fairly compensated. We need our singers and dancers to be paid fairly no matter if it's a rehearsal day or a work day. You can break your ankle just as hard on a rehearsal day than you can on a work day. So look, let me finish up with this. I know we know, and the people behind that gate know, that what we're asking for is fair and reasonable. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, there are hundreds of independent producers with a lot less resources than the people behind that gate and know that our proposals are reasonable. They're working under those proposals and those conditions every freaking day. So, to the AMPTP companies, I say, Come and join us to keep our beloved business strong and viable. Come back to the bargaining table and treat this workforce fairly. Thank you. It's an honor, you guys, to be able to be here for you. Dave Jolliffe, and he joins us now. Hello, uh, Dave Jolliffe. How are you? Dave, you must be exhausted. Dave 
Dave Charles, labor leader. <laughs> uh, who knew? Who, 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 who would have ever imagined? Hi, Nicole. Hi, Dave. Good to see you again. Thank you for joining nice us. Thank you for inviting me, of course. You're my last guest in my Florida palatial studio. Shut the fuck up. Really? Yeah, really? I t- I'm moving. We're, we're going to Arizona. The pod thing is in the driveway. After today's show, I start tearing down my studio to pack and move. So I wanted to get an update from you on what's going on before we leave. Well, you know, uh, um, the writers are going to go back in uh, next week, supposedly. Back in for talks, not to work. Back in for talks. Exactly. They're going to go back in and talk with uh, Carol and and her group. Uh, We'll see what what that brings. you know, we uh, you know that the UAW went on strike midnight uh, Eastern time uh, last night. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, you know, one of our proposals is uh, 11 percent increase in our scale wage, which is really just keeping up with inflation. The yeah, inflation, 11 percent is not very much. Well, it's you know, we want to at least exactly. That's why that's why in that speech you saw that what we're asking for is fair and reasonable. Um, the UAW is asking for 40% over four years. We're, we're asking for 19% over three years. Management, uh, the automakers have already offered 20% over four years to the UAW. So our proposal of 11% seems exactly fair and reasonable. Now, the DGA settled at 5%. Uh, what they do? They did five, four, and three and a half. So they settled for nine. And three and a half, the 14 ish percent. Um, uh, the uh, WGA, they have their proposals, but you know, we're, we can't settle for less than 11% in the first year, 4% in the second year, and 4% in the third year. Um, so we'll see what kind of inroads the WGA makes. Okay, um, but that's good. Now, somebody, uh, one of my my intrepid listeners, who I think Tamara wants, is auditioning for the role of producer. She said, did you hear what uh, Gavin Newsom did? He's giving unemployment benefits to the striking workers. Did Gavin sign it? That that uh, I uh, I haven't seen the it Senate, anywhere else. The I... California the, Cal- the California Senate passed it yesterday or the day before. Um, uh, Jolie went up to Sacramento last week and talked to them. That's a it's, uh, it's California Bill seven ninety nine, um, and that's that striking workers like in New York uh, can collect unemployment if they're on strike. So if if Gavin signed it, it's news to me. I haven't caught up today. Okay, Tamara, d- d- uh, I see a smiley face. Tamara, I'm putting you to work. You go research and let us know if Gavin Newsom signed that yet. All right, so we'll get yeah, an answer he, he, in a minute. It's an interesting thing about unemployment, especially with this union, with SAG-AFTRA. Um, uh, it, it, I don't think it's fair to, on its face um, that striking workers cannot collect unemployment, and New York seems to think that way, too, their government. But also, remember, Nicole, we we have myriad disparate uh, work categories. We have so a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Can collect unemployment if they're laid off, but they don't. They're not part of the TV theatrical negotiation or that contract. A commercial performer, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody who just does independent, you know, uh, independent films like uh, we're, we're allowing now, um, and they're and that's all that they do. They're laid off. Um, I like how my name is Jolly. Oh, oh, you know what? I do everything. You can't, you, you just, it's me. It's all me. Um, you don't know a moment ago I, I had, um, I had uh, Lisa Graves contact information beneath your name and somebody alerted me to that there. Now it's now it's now it's fixed. (laughs) 
I'm a little slap um, happy. I don't, I'm not sleeping. I'm packing. Hey, I'm listen, moving. You're out. You're, you're out of there. Well, listen, you're, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know to get political, but you know, I don't agree with, uh, with your governor's <laughs> politics or what's going on in yeah. your state. Nor do I, you know, which is one of the reasons we're out of here. I, yeah, as I say, be, yeah, at least Arizona didn't vote for the fascists. Barely. Barely, but but they're headed in the right direction. They're saying no to the fascists, and Florida is saying bring them on. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's so it's so. God, who would have known? You know, uh, I had no idea, Nicole, that our country was this divided philosophically. You know, I know that we have differences here and there, but to be this this philosophically divided is just it's scary to me. Nicole, it is scary to see. Yeah. These are scary um, times, and that and that and that um, that a guy who's indicted four times with what ninety one ish counts, ninety one felony charges pending against yeah. him, yeah, is is still uh, leading by uh, a landslide. It's in, amazing. In his part, uh, listen, whatever you know, I'm fighting my own fight here to try to get performers a, a fair and equitable uh, contract, and we have an amazing you know leadership. Uh, Duncan Crabtree Island as our executive director has been phenomenal. And Fran Drescher has really been, you know, Fran came out of nowhere and man, she brought everybody together and everybody's aligned. And I've been a member of, of SAG and after and SAG after for 55 years. And wow. I've never seen this kind of unity and uh, everybody understanding the issues. And you just had elections again and and you congratulations you were reelected and everybody was reelected everything went smoothly what yeah yeah everybody you know what we did is we had um there were two there there are, well, there are two political parties within the union membership first a group that i've built over 25 years and another group called unite for strength and we had very deep philosophical divide it was a very big divide and it had to do with a lot of, you know, not standing up in these contract negotiations was part of it. Also, what happened to the health plan, the collapse of the health plan without any of us knowing, and you know, all kinds of stuff. So um, uh, this has brought us together. This has been so bad. This is like the 9-11 of, um, not to diminish 9-11, it's right. not close, but um, how that brought the country together in 2001. Um uh, that this has brought us together uh, in a way that I never imagined could happen. And I'm very, very happy that it has. But yeah, we did very well in the election. Jolie won a secretary treasurer. Fran won president in Los Angeles. Uh, Jody Long won the L.A. presidency. Cheryl Lee and myself, our little dynamic duo of Cheryl Lee Ralph and myself, uh, won the vice presidency. Nice. And uh, and uh, uh, almost all of our people, like 90, 95% of our people, won the Los Angeles board. So nice. Um, we have a we have a strong bastion of leadership here in Los Angeles and also around the country. There are twenty five locals in SAG after Nicole, and we're we're just one of them in Los Angeles. We make up fifty percent of the membership, but uh, those other twenty four locals are as if not more important uh, to the stability and the and uh, and how powerful SAG AFTRA is is being right now. And, you know, we didn't get into it last time because we had some of your friends here. And it was, I mean, Francis Fisher was here and Sean Astin. And I, I, I loved having them here. And thank you for bringing them. But I'm glad that it's just the two of us right now because we, we can talk. So a few people asked how we know each other. And actually, we met through our mutual friend, Bill Moomy. And um, you and Bill Moomy go way back. In fact, oh, I, yeah, I'm going to 
bring up something uh, on your website. You, well, I have your website up on the thing. It's davidjolliffe.com, and it's J-O-L-L-I-F-F-E. And you've Whatever. got a, a photo never, gallery it's never, there. It's not you, Nicole. It's never spelled right. My name was Smith until I got into show business. I thought Jolliffe would be catchy. <laughs> sure. Um, but there are some great pictures of you and Bill Moomy from when you were both kids. So you were both yeah. child actors. Of course, I grew up watching you on Room 222. I loved it. In fact... I did pull something from your website to play that I, I wasn't aware of. Um, and I've watched this. I'm like, oh, this is just classic. And I'm going to have to share it if I can get my mouse to cooperate. Um, my computer. One thing I'm looking forward to leaving behind are the gremlins that live in my yeah. studio. So I hope they go away and stay away. Um, okay. So, so, all right. I'm just going to play this now. Okay, you're going to know what's coming. There was the Late Show before David Letterman. It was Joan Rivers' show, The Late Show, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, it was the very first Joan Show was the very first uh, Fox Network television show. Right. And we would do that show from Los Angeles at eight or eight thirty. I can't remember. I think it was eight thirty uh, L.A. time, which was eleven thirty. Um, East Coast time, and it was uh, you know Joan and and Johnny Carson had a unfortunate a rift, uh, rift <laughs> right. yeah between them, and um, and so Joan was coached by Fox to do this this late show, and then I was the um, uh, the announcer. I was the announcer. Yeah, I was like the Ed McMahon of that show for for, for a while. There was uh, there were people before me, and then I kind of laid in, and then Joan left, and then they had uh, every week they'd have a new perform a new host looking right. for the new permanent host, which ended up being Arsenio. Um, uh, okay. Now I get, right. I remember. So this is long before we met um, or not that long before we met, but before we met or it was, yeah, because yeah, Arsenio, so right around, right, right, it was right, right around that time, time actually, because Arsenio yeah. was on the air when Mark and Brian were on the, when I worked with Mark and Brian, that's my time reference for all this. Anyway, this week it was after Joan, but before Arsenio, Jonathan Brandmeyer, who is a very famous disc jockey from Chicago, was the guest host that week. I had no right. idea you were the announcer, but let's just let's just check out this little segment here. Oh, Everybody was on God. some show before. Everybody's doing some kind of Hollywood thing. I want to bring Dave out for a second because he doesn't know what's going on. Dave, come here once. I get this. Come here. Oh, there you go. Hold on. Now, Dave, so I'm, I'm backstage one night, and they say, hey, you know, Dave, you know, the announcer was on a television show. And I said, yeah, well, you know, everybody here has been on a television show. But I want to show you guys a clip. Watch this clip and see if you recognize Dave from the, from the show Room 222. <laughs> First, I want to see it myself. This is, uh, I just still remember this music. It just, oh, God, it cuts right to the heart. <laughs> the hair. You don't want to look at it. Hey, you know this dance party night, Billy and I'm gonna go. Hey, maybe you guys really should get to the. What do you say this time? Where you guys going? Where do we go and find a quiet place? We got a broken heart. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. 
Were they jealous of the hair? Is that what the is that what the script was? I couldn't hear over the applause, the standing ovation from the crowd. Oh, um, no, um I can't remember. I okay, just, you don't remember. I, I don't remember <laughs> what the uh, I, I don't the story remember. I'm doing this right now. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I don't remember. Okay, but, um, no worries. Yeah, that that, that hair grew. Um, year after year after year and i just kind of did it kind of as a test to see how much i could get away with and no one ever said a word to me wow and and, it, and i was like geez crime it is I'm, I'm getting i'm getting away with murder here and you remember so, 50 some odd years later the guy with the red fro from room 222 bernie people well you know there's no way you could recognize me now because all the hair went to my <laughs> chin right. and, not, and off of my head but um yeah it's yeah i guess you could, i guess it's an you know an iconic character yes um uh you know there were a group of us from that era you know david cassidy was doing partridge family and david was one of my closest friends yep. you know sean cassidy is my best friend and um and what happened at room 222 which i was so fortunate the best thing that came out of that was my meeting uh, of bill moomy and and moomy and i are brothers um we would uh, oh there's billy there yeah there's a few <laughs> pictures with bill with sean uh, a few with bill with, with different bill had different hairs hair throughout the years there was short-haired bill there was long-haired bill there was hippie bill on the motorcycle you two together he with the long hair you with the fro um I, I, I think, well, yeah. So, yeah, what was, you know, what was great is that um, there was a school at 20th Century Fox, uh, and they had that school since 1932. And there was a lady named Frances Clant who was the teacher. She taught Shirley Temple, Linda Darnell, Roddy McDowell. Wow. And there was an actual classroom there. And then, when um, in, the, in the late 60s, when Lost in Space was canceled, uh, in 67 or 68, they closed the school down because they only needed it there for Angela and Billy. Uh. And Billy and Angela were sent uh, to regular public school. I don't know where Angela went. Billy went to Hamilton High School. And to be that famous, when you were on television then, you were famous because there were three networks and there right. were only like, you know, 30 television shows and, you know, 50, 60 million people were the, was the average audience for a television show then. So... Uh, they sent Billy and Angela off to regular school, and it just—I I experienced a year later what it was like to do that, and um, it's not fun, it, right? It, you know, you may think, "Oh, that's great, you're so you know you're, you're such notoriety." No, it's not fun because you're you're picked on and you're stared at, and it's it's weird. It's yeah, just I it's bet. weird. So when I started doing Room Two Twenty Two, uh, we did the pilot in September of '68, and then we started in '69. Uh, going back and, and we got picked up and, and, and started shooting them, I think in the summer of 69 to go on the air in September of 69. Uh, Billy and Angela, they had to have a teacher for me. So Billy and Angela petitioned um, uh, Bill Self, who was the running the studio at the time, if they could come back and, and Mr. Self graciously and, and uh, I think rightly said, yeah, come on back if they needed to, the teacher to be there for me. So that was my class for three years. It was wow. Bill Moomy, Angela Cartwright, and myself. And uh, and Billy and I became fast friends, and um, you know we we see each other. We have a group. We have a men's group that we get together about at least once a month with uh, Ben Weiss, Jake Ruska, Steve Lukather, Freddie Westheimer, myself, Sean, and Mumi. Sean and, Cassidy um, and and Mumi. Yeah, and um, 
you know, we, we commiserate and, you know, we, uh, the, the topics have changed over the years. We've had this men's group for a long time. And, and I say, you know, in the, you know, when we would meet, you know, in the eighties and nineties, it'd all be about, you know, blow and strippers. And now it's, how's your prostate? Right. It's, uh, it, it's really, well, I have, a, least... I have a friend who's on the show weekly and, you know, we're about the same age and, and we, we never, we always wind up talking about what's wrong with us. And I decided the name of our segment is going to be the mal ladies. The maladies, the maladies, the maladies. It's yeah. uh, listen, you know, I'm, I'm 70 years old now. And, and, uh, I don't know how I got to be 70. I, I do commiserate with, uh, you know, Francis and I talk all the time and going, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed. I mean, it's, um, but listen, we made it this far, Nicole. Mm-hmm. So, and you, you know, you made it too. And I'm so proud of you and what you do. And, uh, you know, you're out there doing it, Nicole. And I'm very, very proud of you and the way you welcomed Lucather and, um, and Mumi and myself and Miguel, oh, well, uh, over, over, over okay. to Mark and Brian. And it was, um, okay. Well, I have really- a little treat for you. If you've got a couple of minutes. So, so again, through Mumi, I met you, you were in a band with Miguel Ferrer, Bill Mumi, a couple of other guys. Um, uh, And, and Steve Lukather would jump in when he could, because of course he was in Toto, you know, he was kind of busy on the road, but this one um, now Mumi says you guys did a full week filling in. I don't remember that. I remember you did a morning guest hosting, Um, but it was over 30 years ago. Yes. Uh, Mumi, you know, so we have a saying between Billy and myself, it's Dave is always right, Billy's always wrong. <laughs> and yes, we did, I think we did one day, um, but we might have done it a couple of times. You might have, that, that might be it. Uh, you probably did a couple of times. Well, this was the first time. And, and well, here's a little part that features you and, and the kind of work you were doing at the time, because you then, you went from Room 222 and shows into commercials and a lot of voiceover work and ADR oh, and voiceover yeah, work I'm still, I'm still doing that, yeah. Right, so here, here's this. I hear you have, you have the best agent in town, though. I've heard that. That's true. And and you sleep with her, though. That's yes. the only well, there you bad go. part. That would be does, the, it, does it work for you, Dave? Yeah, it works for me very well, babe. <laughs> that would be the Sutton Barth of Anari Talent Agency, wouldn't it? The lovely Mary Ellen Lord? Aw. Yes, it that's would be. your wife. Dave, agent. You know, my wife. since Room 222 ended a couple of weeks ago, yeah, um, right. You and, have become the Walla King. No, of that's not King. Just some, one thing that I that I do do, which uh, for all you, you do do. Would you please explain to the listeners out there what Walla I don't know what means? Walla is. Yeah, tell okay, us. Okay, I'll give you guys a little show business. The Walla King. Walla is a post production. Uh, one of the things you do in post production, like sweetening, Steve. You know, when you like when uh, Steve did the music oh. for for the music Dune. Steve Lucas. You have like a let's let's say you're doing a, like Hill Street Blues and you have all the guys in the background uh, who don't have speaking could parts. You, could you do something a little more recent than Hill Street <laughs> well, Blues? No, I was just, uh, okay, name Hello Larry. Okay, hello Larry. <laughs> Bill always gives you're you shit, hello, doesn't Larry. he? Okay, and I'm going to tell you right now if you guys would let me. <laughs> Let's get to it. Okay. Do you, have to wear, do you have to wear rubbers when you're doing yes, Walla? Yes, you always wear two when you do Walla. With uh, wasabi. With wasabi between, between, between each one. one. <laughs> and Walla means. Walla. Uh, who knows? I, I'll just qu- briefly tell you because you guys make it fun of me now. Walla, all it is is when you have people doing like a dance scene or something, you don't want to make noise. You want to be able to hear the principal's dialogue. So later on in. Principal's post- meaning. The actors. You want to hear them saying, oh, Betty, I love you. Oh, Steve, you're the greatest. Blah, 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 blah. You're so thick. Exactly. Ooh, you're so I thick. Want you in me so now. the people in the, ma- in, the, in the background are mostly just mouthing. They would, there was a word that they always used in the old days called omni, which if you kept saying omni, 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 it looks like you were chatting, but you're it not really like, saying anything. It's like peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Exactly. 
Um, yes, so what, hammer, in post-production, what they do is they run the film, and they get a group of people, six, eight, ten people, to do the crowd noise, like, you know, kind of the cocktail noises, or in the police station, you know, hey, Sid, you got a call on three, homicide, get me the handcuffs, find me that file. So this There's is something you, you don't do alone, you do in a crowd. You do in a crowd. Um, there's also an, uh, another thing in post-production called foaling, which is when... Uh, foley, yes, I'm hip to foley. Exactly, when you do footsteps. That's when, that's when a horse has a baby, right? It's a foley, yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, Ouch, man. man. So when we, see, when we see a scene in a film and a television show and there's people in the background and they look like they're talking, they have, it's really you talking. It's uh, me or many, many other people. And you're The guy who leads my troop is a guy named Cam Clark, who, uh, who's, who's... Cam Clark, okay. Yeah. And so is you are... Is this is, this is wallying. Pretty thick cash. Thick cash to go. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. So right, are you so actually right. there in the picture, or are you just doing it in a studio? No, you do it. In you do it in a, in a in a looping on a looping stage. Which, wow, yeah, that's it's easy uh, work. Huh? It's what? Is that easy work? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes and no. There's no. You know, I found in show business after 20. Watch this, Stephen. I'll do it. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, tough, babe. Real tough. <laughs> you know, I studied at Juilliard for 25 years to do this. Motivation. I haven't found what is my motivation for this Wallace scene here is what I want to Your check, babe. Check. Yeah, that would be a anyway, class on Wallace and Foley. Foley is like the glass breaking or the tire. of work, you know. Okay, thanks, Dave, okay, for that fine. little lesson in showbiz. <laughs> we really do appreciate Dave, it. Dave, are we well, No, you ask me, and then you make fun of me. I don't understand. You're what just... do you mean you don't understand? It's our job. Okay, fine. I understand that. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. Should we take some calls here? She's yeah. so okay. cranky now. Whoop, wrong one. Okay, so... Yeah. Those, guys, those guys had me convinced about four years ago that they were joining Scientology. Oh! <gasps> They ran it. They ran a scam on me for months. Okay, that they were all joining Scientology oh and that they had God. found the way, and that their auditing was going great. And Dave, don't be an SP, and blah blah blah. And they sucked me in for months, and I thought oh I had God. lost all of my friends. Oh and then one day we were at Casa Vega. They sat me down and they started doing a chant around the lunch table and went, honey, 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 some kind of Scientology chant. And <laughs> David is a moron. Did he really think we'd be in Scientology? Oh, geez. Um, uh, anyway, I'm very lucky to be in this group. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Steve Lukather. He put on a show um last week ed asner was a very very dear friend of mine uh -huh. and it passed away about two years ago uh but um his son matt has now uh, there's there's lucather in the middle but his hair yep. is all white but that's sean cassidy to yep. the left jay gruska that's freddie westheimer steve lucather patrick cassidy yours truly and bill mooney yep yep uh, so i know most of them there? i know many of them through you guys Right. Yeah, and who's missing there is Ben Weiss, who's part of our group. Okay. So, um, so these guys had convinced me that they were Scientologists. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Lukather, Lukather put to, Ed Asner's son Matt has uh, uh, children uh, with autism. Oh. And and so they had put together an autism center, the Ed Asner Autism Center here in Los Angeles, out in the Valley. And it's very expensive to run this center. They don't turn anyone away. And Steve has a son who is autistic, a 12-year-old. Uh, it might be 13 or 14 mm. now. And Steve put together a benefit show at the Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles last week. It was Hoobastank, uh, Joba Mimosa, um, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Toto, uh, 
Colin Hay. Wow. Uh, and uh, and it also and it all then finished up with Ringo. Oh, nice! And it was it was an amazing, amazing show. And then Steve put that whole show together. It raised a ton of money. And you know, Steve Lukather, besides being one of the greatest guitar players who who ever will live, let alone who has lived, mm-hmm. um, what a dear, sweet, kind man Steve Lukather is. And it showed where all of his pals showed up to do this show for free. Uh, you know, on a night that could be out working. And um, just a big shout out to Steve Lukather. Uh, Definitely. Very, very when you uh, when you see him or talk to him next, please send my best to, to all those guys. I, you know, one, okay. one good thing about being in Arizona is I'll be closer to L.A. So I, I can actually get in the car and drive when I feel like I we, need to you, get there. Listen, you, you, you have an open invitation to Boys Lunch. You can Yay. come in and hang out. Yes, absolutely. I'm there. And, and, and shoot the, uh, you know what? We can say shit because we're on the internet. <laughs> we can. We can. Well, I, have, I have a reputation. To <laughs> right. I, I think I heard you say uh, what the fuck or something on the stage in front of all those people at the, the rally. No, I, said, the other I, said, I said, I said, I got so frustrated. I said, Jesus fucking Christ. You did say Jesus fucking people? Christ. <laughs> yes, you uh, did. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, we're not, listen, uh, as Fran Drescher says, uh, you know, we're the center of the wheel here, the actors. And we create, you know, a lot of these characters, all these characters, we create them. I mean, they're written and they're directed, but, you know, it's our essence that comes through on these things that creates iconic characters. And, um, uh, you know, from a goofy guy with a big red afro 50 years ago, you know, to Brian Cranston today. I mean, those are, you know, that doesn't... It's not the studio heads that do that. And so all we're asking for is a small little piece of that pie that we help create. And we think that that's fair. And it's, and it's more than just fair now. It's that actors can't survive yeah. uh, as professionals anymore. Uh, you know, it used to be if you were a, if you're a journeyman actor and you did two or three guest stars, you know, guest shots a year and a commercial and whatever, you know, you need to make $27,000 now to get your health care. And most don't. And 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 eighty four percent don't. That's eighty insane. no eighty eighty six eighty seven percent don't. Only twenty three for twenty four percent make it. So um, uh, you, you just you know it, it used to work where when you were a guest star you'd go work and it would be a week's job and you get paid a week's wages. What happens now is they compress that guest star. People when you're looking like on a you know, on an, N- an NCIS or whatever, and they're the guest star. They only worked one or two days. Right. They jammed. They jammed all of those scenes into one or two days. So you're only going to get paid for one or two days, and then all of you know, watch these shows now. You see, it's all the series regulars are doing. You know, like seventy, they're sixty, seventy percent all just them, mm-hmm. and then the guest player comes in to do the storyline. Um, and it, you just can't make a living anymore. You know, you, you could, uh, when things played on the network, you got a residual that was a hundred percent of your compensation on an hour show up to about $4,000 for a residual. Uh, there's no more, the network reruns are not part of the game anymore. There are very few and far between and syndication rerun, uh, re- residuals have been slashed. That's so uh, and now in streaming cable was bad enough. And now in streaming, the residual formulas are nothing that are sustainable. Here, let me show you here. I keep this on my desk just okay. to just to um remind me. Here are just a couple of checks. Yeah, those are like what penny, yeah, one cent. 
Uh, one, cent. one cent. One cent. That's insane. It costs them one more cent. to mail the stupid check to you than the amount of the check that they're mailing. Like 32 cents the, more. It's like yeah. insane. So how, how we have any contract, a residual formula that pays anyone a penny, it's a problem. Yes. It's yes. a problem. And it, and it has fe- been festering for a long time. And I've been fighting this festering a lot, you know, longer than some, but now everybody is on board and everybody sees what the problem is. So, um, and we're an unbreakable force, Nicole, you saw that clip you played earlier there, you know, the LAPD told us there are 4,000 people out there shutting down Melrose in wow. front of Paramount. Wow. So, that's um, awesome. you know, and, and two weeks earlier, we had 4,000 people out at Disney shutting down a street in Disney. Well, that's great that it was you because here in Florida, they have Nazis protesting in front of Disney World and the governor does nothing about it. So, you know, I'd much rather see the striking SAG-AFTRA workers than Nazis on the street, which is why I'm moving out that way. So you mentioned, Dave, real quickly that the WGA was going, they were going back to the table. Are they coming back to the table with you guys? Well, we haven't heard, we haven't heard from them. So um, we've been, you know, we, uh, we, we left the negotiation on June 12th. We were supposed to be done June 1st. I mean, July 1st, July, uh, I mean, July 12th, I didn't mean June 12th, Uh, July 1st. We extended for a couple of weeks till July 12th and they really didn't do anything. It was just like a waste of time. So we had a board meeting on July 13th. The board voted unanimously to go on strike because the members had already given that us that authorization, authorization a month or two earlier. Mm-hmm. And on uh, July 14th, we went on strike and we haven't really heard no hide nor hair from them since then. So, um, you know, there was a, uh, a news article where while, while the writers were out on strike where they said, you know, we want to have people lose their houses and apartments. Yep. They're not going to starve us out. That, that's not going to happen. We, uh, you know, we are very, very well funded. Um, but we don't want to make this go on a minute or a second longer than it needs to. And we're here ready and able to negotiate, but we're not going to give things away. We, you know, we, we understand the, the equity that's in the business and we want our part of it. And, but it is for the health, as I said, in that speech that I gave to the, the group the other day, um, we want a viable, healthy business. Uh, but it's not viable and healthy if you have a, a, a you know a part of your workforce that is starving uh, and unable to make a living as professionals. This, this is not a hobby for us. Uh, we're not hobbyists. We're professionals, yeah. and we bring a lot to the lot to the table. And we just want to be paid fairly. Uh, we're not. We're not. You know. Listen. We're not all. You know. All there may be ten of us that have, you know, jets and mansions. Yeah. Um, right. Talk to any journeyman actor. They have the same story that I have. I've been doing this 55 years and I get those cockamamie penny checks when I go and I work my ass off and I show up 110% and I give everything that I can to make the work creative and, and watchable and entertaining and just, you know, pay me a piece of what the business is doing, a small piece. Yeah, really. I mean, it, it's only fair. And, and I don't see any, um, any hemorrhaging, any, any even lessening of support for you guys. I think people realize we are so top heavy with these CEOs and executives making obscene amounts of money on the backs of your work. If they could all take a 50% pay cut across the board, they'd still wouldn't be able to spend as much money as they make in a lifetime. And everybody else might have a chance at eking by. 
Well, the thing is, is that our business has been taken over and co-opted by titans of industry. And, um, you know, it used to be in the days of Lou Wasserman and Daryl Zanuck and even the Warner Brothers and all of them, you know, they were they were hardcore businessmen. But they also understood Lou Wasserman is, is on record saying that if there weren't unions, he'd have to invent them because you have to have a stable workforce. Yeah. Uh, you know, the automakers are going to find out pretty soon, too, that you, you need one. Also, they're making cars. Yep. Um, uh, and uh, what and it's, you know, it's it's become kind of like the Gilded Age. Uh, the Gilded Age was not a great time for workers, uh, but it was gilded. It was just a, a patina of shine on the outside with rot on the inside. That's right. And we're, we're telling they were telling um, I think the studio heads, the, the studio heads and presidents understand it's the CEOs of companies that the studios are beholden to that are, are the problem right now. Um, uh, so we just, you know, want to talk to them, make sure they understand how our business works and how it can, how it can be viable. And, um, and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. They're not going to break us, Nicole. It's not happening. So let's, let's stop the pain. Let's get in a room and let's hammer out a deal where our members of SAG-AFTRA and the writers too uh, can, uh, can survive. We're not looking to, you know, buy Porsches and live in Bel Air. We're looking to be able to afford it, you know, a decent car and, and buy a small house in Burbank. Um, You know, most of our members are struggling day to day, minute to minute financially. And if you're there as a professional performer, you're actually in the game and you're working. uh, It's not right that that person uh, should be struggling financially. They should be stable. And that's all we're looking for. And it's to the, it's to the studios and the entertainment industry's benefit to have a stable workforce. I agree with you 100%. I hope it comes to an end soon. (laughs) And now the big beard. Uh, Santa Claus, you you could, you know, with with Bill Moomy's grandchild, you can do the Santa Claus 5. Well, listen, this is my strike beard, and can we please end this thing so I can cut this cockamamie beard off, please? Yeah, oh, I didn't realize it was a strike beard. Okay, so it's going to go well, as long I, as... I had my close crop, but I'm not shaving then until uh, until this thing is... It's kind of like my gauge on how this thing is going. Gotcha. Okay, well, let's let's end it, because we want, we want you to shave. Dave Jolliffe, thank, thank you. you so much. Send my love to everybody, and hopefully I'll see you soon, and you'll be back at work. I will, Nicole. Listen, God bless you. Everybody loves you. Um, there's no bigger mensch than Nicole Sandler. And um, have a safe move. I guess I will not be retiring to the, what's it called? What's the old folks area there in Florida? What's oh, the villages. The, no, you will not villages. be retiring yeah, so to I the villages. <laughs> so I guess I won't be going to the villages. I'm going to have to find some other retirement plan. In Arizona. Right. You'll come out to Arizona. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Or not. Hot, it, it's hot, hot for, for the fair-skinned Dave out there I in hear Arizona. You. But, uh, yeah. I got you. But make well, sure you have AC. Yeah, without a doubt. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. Um, best Love of you luck. Nicole. Break a leg and get this thing over with already. Um, we'll talk soon. Thank you again. Okay, All right. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Dave Jolliffe, everybody. Uh, he is on the Twitters, too, at um, the Dave Jolliffe. Uh, I know he's really busy. He spent a lot of time with us today, and that was awesome. We're already in overtime, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Now that he's gone, I found this other thing. His website has all kinds of fun stuff. I'm going to play for you. He's got up a reel of some of his commercials. And and so I'm going to share with you, uh, because I can go a little long today. Um, 
uh, just a little bit. Did I? I didn't close it, did I? Oh, man. Oh, no, it's up there. Okay, so check this out. Um, Dave Jolliffe's Vintage Commercial Reel. Um, again, God, I can't wait to hopefully leave these gremlins behind. All right, you ready? Let's uh, check this out. This is so cool. All right, um, it's coming up from here. Let me do this and here. Don't just ask for a light beer. Hey, give me a light. Ask them to bring out their best. Oh, no, Bud Light. Bud Light. Because everything else is just a light. It's a wild place. (laughs) How come you always get the Hungry Man dinner? Mm, Because. Because why? Because I'm bigger. No, you don't get to eat the Hungry Man dinner because you're bigger. You're bigger because you get to Uh. eat the Hungry Man. (laughs) All right. I'll give you five minutes, but if you're not any bigger, I get it back. Fine. Hungry Man. It's dinner with the Swansons. Oh, that's that's Tucker's family. When I have a bad cold, I want fast relief. Fast relief that won't slow me down. So to stay alert, I take contact, non-drowsy severe cold formula. It relieves. It relieves congestion, aches, fever, coughing, sore throats without antihistamine drowsiness, so I can stay fast on my feet. <laughs> Contact, non-drowsy severe cold formula. Fast multi-symptom relief that won't slow you down. Commercials were so sophisticated you back then. Want an icesaver, honey? Yeah, I'll have the red one. There's only one red one left. Take the green one. Oh, but I really love red cherry lifesavers. I had my heart set on the red one. And I asked for it first. Look at you, a mature adult acting childish over a little piece of candy. You bet your lifesavers. You can have the green one. I like the green one better anyway. Why? Is it better than the red? Lifesavers roll candy. And even the red one has less than 10 calories. Nabisco. Nabisco. Hmm. Okay. How come we're hiding in these bushes, boss? <laughs> to catch some illegal... Is that Tim balls. Conway? Tim it lo- looks like... Probably not, but it looks like him. Oh, no, Sheriff, it's the even longer top flight. And the higher flying top flight XL, the longest balls. The new <laughs> top flights, anything longer must be illegal. By the way, Sheriff, yep. what's your handicap? Him. <laughs> no, that's not Tim Conway. Every day at about this time, George will say, come on, let's go to Jack in the Box. I never go, but he doesn't let up. Come on, let's go to Jack in the Box. He says, you're a burger man, right? Wait till you taste a bacon cheeseburger on a Kaiser roll. The famous Jumbo Jack, even a Swiss and bacon burger on grilled rye. Is it really on grilled rye? Really? Well, come on, let's go to Jack in the Box. <laughs> Jack in the Box restaurants. If you never go, you'll never know. Oh. Okay, so that's the, that's the end of the little commercial reel. There's cool stuff on his website, davidjolliffe.com. Just like there's cool stuff on my website, nicolesandler.com. So go and enjoy and... Um, you know, um, navigate the site and look at the stuff. There's no paywall, so enjoy. I'm gone for the next three weeks, probably. But do check back at NicoleSandler.com. I will post updates on the uh, blog. It'll be in the first, below the menu, the first box. It'll be uh, our move update, okay? And um, thank you all. Thank you so much for uh, being 
patient with me through this. This move has been a long time in coming, and now it's going to take us a while to get there and get the studio built, find a new place to live, and uh, but working on it. You know I don't let you down. Please do listen to the best of shows that will run on the Progressive Voices Network, as well as the other channels that carry the show. Um, between now and then at 5 Eastern, they will be podcast as well. So um, you can get them all at NicoleSandler.com. Uh, subscribe to my podcast and you will get each day's audio delivered to you. Uh, they go out, they're, they're set to post at 5 p.m. Eastern each day. All right. So um, uh, and, you know, I'll still be on the Twitters or sorry, the shitters. And uh, the other places, and my email still works. You can still get me at Nicole at NicoleSandler.com. Uh, until we meet again, I'll see you from Arizona. Um, remember to breathe and carry on. I will try. Thank you so much. Um, until we meet again, party on. How did, how did it go? Garth Brooks? I don't know. Be safe. And uh, love one another. Okay. With that, see ya. Bye.